أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وآله آل الله واللعنة على آدائهم وآداوتهم إلى يوم اللقاء الله السلام عليكم جميعا ورحمة الله وبركاته Today, the day of 4th of Safar, the night of 5th of Safar, 1443rd Hijrah, September 12, 2021, Imam al Islamic Center, Jamaica, Queens, New York. We are commemorating the martyrdom of Sayyida Sakina Salamullahi Alayha, along with the martyrdom of Imam Hussein Alayhi Salatu Wasalam, Imam Sajjad Alayhi Salatu Wasalam, and everyone who was martyred uh, in Karbala. Like yesterday, please say salat. So yesterday, as I mentioned, that we, uh, we commonly think as the tragedy of Karbala, which concluded uh, on 10th of Muharram, the day of Ashura after the martyrdom of Imam Hussain But as I don't want to repeat what I said yesterday, but just to recap, on what we were discussing yesterday that the martyrdom, the tragedy of Karbala does not end at the martyrdom of Imam Hussain but rather it continues even after Imam Hussain was martyred in Karbala his family, his Ahlulbayt his companions and those who were accompanied by Ahlulbayt they were tortured and oppressed by the men of Yazid and the men of Ibn Ziyad and the tragedy of Karbala does not, you know, end there, it goes on. And as you know, Wednesday, 7th of Safar, is going to be the martyrdom of Imam Hassan al-Murtaba And I'm not sure if there's going to be a program probably at the end of the month of Safar for Imam Hassan al-Murtaba And since the martyrdom is this Wednesday, I would like to bring up some information about Imam Hassan regarding Imam Hassan's life and as you know since today is going to be the final lecture for a few, these few nights I have a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of material to talk about but inshallah within the time I will try to give as maximum points and maximum information as I can and yesterday you know just to conclude I wasn't able to finish yesterday uh, some of the points that I had from Imam Hussain and you know the comparing the logic and the philosophy of Hajj and Karbala and you know Imam Hussain the day he left uh, Mecca to go towards Karbala it was literally exactly the day before the Hajj so something that shows us over there is that if Imam Hussain he did not leave before the day of Hajj that would have, you know, caused that as Hajj as we know it today would cease to exist. So Imam Hussain in order to preserve the values of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa alam to preserve the values of the true Islam, the prophetic Islam, the prophetic principles Imam Hussain he leaves Mecca to go towards Karbala and as I was mentioning yesterday, how we compared learning from Karbala and seeing the practical in Hajj. 
Because when you do Hajj, you might not know the concept or you might not know that you know the logic behind the action you are doing. But when you go to Karbala, you see Imam Hussain he teaches us the philosophy of Hajj. And because you know we prostrate to Makkah, to the Holy Kaaba, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instructed us to do so. But when we go to Karbala, we understand the true value of you know prostrating and doing sujood to the Holy Kaaba. Because you see, when Imam Hussain at his last moments, when he was in sujood, when he was, uh, you know, his uh, the enemy came and uh, he killed Imam Hussein. And we see the value of the sujood in Karbala, and the sujood was being towards done, uh, being done towards Makkah, towards the Holy Kaaba. And we see this, the, you know, the uh, philosophy of sacrifice, Hazrat Ibrahim salam. we see that he took Hazrat Ismail uh, to slaughter him because he saw the dream. But when we go to Karbala, we see Imam Hussein salam. he takes his own son Hazrat Ali Akbar salam, and he takes him to Karbala. Everybody knew that what their end was going to be, how the war was going to end, how the battle was going to end. But everybody, nobody, you know, got scared and went back. But rather than, despite knowing that they would be martyred the next day or be martyred when they go to Karbala, they still went. So we learn from the sacrifice. We see we sacrifice the animals in go to Makkah and Hajj and sacrifice the animal. But when we go to Karbala, we see Imam Hussein how his family was brutally tortured. They, they were, the companions were killed and the Ahlul Bayt they were tortured. But when we see that when we go to Hajj, we throw the stones at the Shaitan. You know there's a place where you go and throw the stones at the, uh, at the place where Shaitan came to Hazrat Ibrahim And when we, go, when we go there, we have to, we go to Karbala, we understand that Imam Hussain he stood up against the Yazid of his time. We go to Karb uh, Hajj and throw the stones at the Shaitan. But we don't, when we do that, do we realize, do we recognize who the Shaitan of our time is? The one who is trying to divide us, the one who is trying to cause, you know, problems for us, the one who is trying to, you know, make, uh, uh, cause fitna in, within our communities and within our life. We have to recognize the Shaitan of our era. Salawat. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad. So as you know, as I mentioned, the martyrdom of Imam Hassan alayhi salatu wasalam on 7th of Safar, which is falling upon this Wednesday. I want to mention some of the, you know, the fazilat and the merits and the status of Imam Hassan alayhi salatu wasalam along with the character and the attributes of Imam Hassan alayhi salam his ethics and morals with dealing with others. Regardless of how they were, uh, Imam Hassan was treated by the people sent by the enemy or the enemy, or those people who were the munafiqeen within the circle of Imam Hassan where, you know, Imam Hassan he dealt with everyone in a way that is ideal for us. It's an ethical way which we should follow as the followers of Ahlul Bayt so before going towards the ethics and you know sharing the moral values of Imam Hassan I would like to share a hadith about the status and the great value of Imam Hassan al-Mujtaba alayhi salatu wassalam Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad wa ajjil farajahum 
So the wife of the Prophet Aisha, she narrates that the Prophet would pick up Imam Hassan والسلام, and he would embrace, you mean, meaning he would hug Imam Hassan والسلام, the Holy Prophet would pick up the Imam, hug him and say that, O oh Lord, this is my son and I love him. Love him and love who love him, the one who loves Imam Hassan والسلام. So we see that the nearness of the Imam والسلام, to the nearness of the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad. So there was a great nearness and a great connection between this grandson of Rasulullah. And in the narration, the Prophet is saying that this is my son. Meaning indicating towards Imam Hassan that this is my son. And love, I love him, and love him, and love him, those who love him. So when we love Imam Hassan we are following the words from the Quran where Allah, where it is mentioned. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. قُلْ لَا أَسْأَلُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ أَجْرًا إِلَّا الْمَوَدَّةَ فِي الْقُرْبَى Salawat. Allahumma salli ala So we see that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the Prophet not to ask, ask for any reward except the Muwaddat of Ahlul Bayt And unfortunately we see many times throughout the history after the Prophet how the Ahlul Bayt were treated, how Imam Ali السلام, how Sayyidah Fatima was treated and how the rest of the Ahlul Bayt was treated. So now when we see this in the Hadith we uh, analyze the greatness of the status of Imam Hassan that when Prophet is saying that love him, he who loved Imam Hassan So there's a question that comes up over here that if when Imam uh, Prophet is saying that love him, he who loved Imam Hassan so that the, then it comes that what about the one who is the enemy of Imam Hassan The one who poisoned Imam Hassan the one who instructed and you know gave the instructions and the direction on how to kill Imam Hassan and the one who planned and the killing of Imam Hassan so when we see the hadith like this we analyze it if Prophet is telling the one who loves Imam Hassan Allah to love him then what about the one who hates Imam Hassan, the one who killed him, the one who planned to kill against him? So we see that sometimes there are people who say, who are pointing towards Muawiyah and saying that, oh, he was, you know, such a great companion, or that he was, you know, writing, uh, he was a writer of the Wahi and so on, trying to give him a status and, you know, put him in a place that he doesn't belong to. So over here, uh, Muawiyah is the one who had the plan of getting rid of Imam Hassan Because as you know, in each time of the Ahlul Bayt in the time of Imam Hussain, Imam Hassan, Imam Al-Qadim Imam Al-Ridha, throughout the life of each Imam, we see that whoever the ruler of that time was, they were afraid of the Imam of that time. Because they knew that the one who was the, from the Ahlul Bayt, he is a true person who deserves the seat of Khilafat, the one who is supposed to be in the seat of power. And that's why he, you know, 
put up a plan against uh, Imam Hassan to have him poisoned by his wife. And that's how Imam Hassan was martyred. We see over here that there are people who say that you know the Shia are you know cursing uh, the Sahaba, Shia are against the wife of the Prophet, Shia is doing this and Shia is doing that. But when we look at uh, who, who started the first, who started the cursing at first, we look at the time of Muawiyah, and Muawiyah was the first one to have assigned, you know, the uh, Imams of the Masajid to curse Imam Ali in each of their khutbas. So when somebody points a finger at you, you say that look at the one who you look at the role model, he's the first one to have started the system of uh, cursing at the the son-in-law of Prophet, he was a cousin of the Prophet, the, the husband of Sayyidina Fatima And another thing I want to clear up is that when we do la'anat on anybody from the amongst the Ahlul Bayt, that is, la'anat is not a curse. La'anat is a prayer, it's a dua. But when you pray for the good, you are praying for the mercy having upon somebody. But when, when you do la'anat, it is a prayer that you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove the mercy from upon those enemies of Ahlul Bayt alayhi salatu wassalam salawat so now going forward to talk about the character of Imam Hassan alayhi salatu wassalam so we see that there was a man who was sent from Muawiyah from Syria towards Medina and you know to cause mischief and cause problem in Medina so this man who is a traveler not like today how we can get from a plane from point A to point B. Syria and Medina at that time were very far apart. Perhaps it, it would take days, weeks and months to travel across these countries because it's a whole desert and they didn't have the facilities that we have today. So there was this tired man who came all the way to Medina and you know he starts uh, cursing at Imam Hassan alayhi salam. He starts cursing at uh, Imam Ali alayhi He starts cursing at Ahlul Bayt alayhi salatu wassalam. He is all tired and you know causing a ruckus within the market, causing you know uh, issues and you know making a disturbance in the market. So Imam Hassan alayhi salatu wasalam, he is over there. If it was somebody like us and we would hear somebody cursing at us, we wouldn't become like Imam Hassan alayhi salatu wasalam. We would rather you know start and start cursing back at that person. We would you know at one point maybe even start fighting that person and hitting that person. But when you look at Imam Hassan wasalam, we see that Imam wasalam, he does not reveal who he is at that time, but he goes to the man who came from Syria. He says that, you look like a stranger in this town, you look like a traveler. If you ask us, we will give you what you need. If you ask for advice, we will give you, we will guide you. And if you ask us to give you a ride, we will give you the ride. And if you ask us for guidance, we will give you the guidance. And if you are hungry, we will provide you the food. And if you don't have any clothes, we will provide you the clothing. And if you are in need, we will make you rich. And since this man, he was, you know, very tired and he was, oh, somebody's asking, you know, if I need anything, if I need any help, and I'm really tired, then Imam alayhi salatu wasalam, he offers this man to come with him to, the, to his house. So when this man comes to Imam Hassan's house, this man is very tired and you know he doesn't even bother to ask who the Imam is or who, he didn't know he was the Imam but rather who this person is. And he was very tired, you know, traveling all the way to, from Damascus to Medina 
and he was you know causing disturbance in the market then he he finally got a place to stay and he didn't even ask who it was and he, you know he uh, imam hassan al islam he gives the food he gives the water provides him comfort and a place where he can sleep so this man uh, goes to sleep and you know takes his rest and then when he wakes up, he realizes that, you know, that I'm tired and this man provided me. Who is this man? Who is this person who asked me, you know, if you need any food, if you need any water, if you need any guidance, if you need any clothes, if you need any a ride or anything. And so this man goes forth to ask Imam Hassan alayhi salam, Oh, who are you? And Imam Hassan alayhi salatu salam, I am that same person that you were cursing a few moments ago on the streets of Medina. Salawat. So this man, he realizes that what grave mistake that he had done. He was mistaken Imam Hassan as you know somebody an evil or a cruel person or a brutal person. But when he receives you know the akhlaq of Imam Hassan he sees the forbearance of Imam Hassan he immediately he asks forgiveness from the Imam والسلام, and later on he becomes amongst the followers of Imam Hassan al-Mujtaba alayhi salatu wassalam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad. So as the time of Imam Hassan alayhi salatu wassalam, often we hear that oh, there's a question that comes up that why Imam Hassan alayhi salam had a ceasefire with Muawiyah. So there are three types of companions that I'm going to talk about right now that Imam Hassan had at that time and which kind of, you know, he did not have an, any other option besides to uh, do the ceasefire with Muawiyah. So there was a one group of people with, uh, with Imam Hassan because they opposed Muawiyah. They, they did not have any, you know, sort of love towards Imam Hassan they did not have any, you know, what you call it, uh, empathy or sympathy towards Imam Hassan that, oh, this is the grandson of Rasulullah, this is the son of Ali al-Murtaza. And, you know, nobody had that uh, feeling towards them in this group. So they were only with Imam Hassan because they hated Muawiyah, they opposed Muawiyah. And the other group of that was with Imam Hassan was Thus, the blind loyalty to their tribal chiefs who had pledged allegiance to Imam Hassan So, you know, there was a, a massive, you know, tribes. If the chief had done bay'ah or pledged allegiance to Imam Hassan wasalam, the, the entirely the whole uh, tribe would, you know, automatically be in the pledge of allegiance to Imam Hassan They did not have any, you know, personal preference or didn't, they did not have any political motivation, they were only with Imam Hassan because the tribal leader was with him. So the first group, the one who was against Muawiyah but did not have any sympathy with Imam Hassan The second group was where the people who were only with Imam Hassan because the tribal chief, the tribal leader was with Imam Hassan And the third group, which was, you know, very few, they were the true loyal followers of Imam Hassan al-Mujtaba alayhi salatu wasalam. They did not, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad. They did not have any, you know, preference or anything. They were saying that Imam Hassan al-Islam is our Imam, he is our master, he was our Mawla, and we have to be obedient to him no matter what he says. And just, just to pause over here, 
we need to be amongst the followers that Imam Hassan Islam had in few numbers. And these were the ones who were obedient to Imam Hassan Islam out of pure love for the Imam Islam. They, we shouldn't have any political motive, we shouldn't have any social motive, we shouldn't have any of uh, such reasoning to love Imam Islam or be obedient to him, but rather be obedient because you truly follow the Imam, but truly love the Imam alayhi salatu wassalam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad. So these were the three groups that were with Imam Hassan alayhi salam. And you know, Imam Hassan alayhi salam, his soldiers were easily, you know, bribed. Muawiyah was, you know, very rich. He had a lot of gold. He had a lot of money. He would provide food. And like, you know, they would buy, they would easily buy these people with Imam Hassan alayhi salam. Like at once, Imam Hassan alayhi salam, he sent uh, 12,000 troops uh, to fight. And you know, out of those 12,000, 8,000 were bought by Muawiyah, and the remaining 4,000 returned to the Imam. So when the Imam didn't have the loyal followers, he didn't have the right people with him, he did not have the right companions with him. That is why Imam alayhi salatu wasalam, he had, uh, he was uh, doing the ceasefire and having the, the you know, ceasefire with Muawiyah. And now moving on to Sayyidah Sakina Salamullahi Alayha Salawat. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad. So as you know, Bibi Sakina Salamullahi Alayha, since you know tonight there's going to be you know, a chadar coming uh, from the, her shrine, there's going to be after the majlis, you're going to be taken out. Just in remembrance of that, but before talking about Bibi Sakina, I just want to let you know, highlight the issue of Jannatul Baqi. Where the shrine of Imam Hassan والسلام, is, where the Imam of Imam Sajjada والسلام, is, and most importantly, the mother of all the Imam Sayyidah Fatima al Zahra, Salamullahi alayha. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad. And it is important that when we talk about these personalities, we talk and highlight the current day and the modern day oppression which has been taken place uh, uh, against them. The shrines were demolished in 1925 and it was almost 95-96 years till this day. And unfortunately there is no shrine on these holy personalities. There's Imam Sajjada Imam Bakir Imam Sadiq Imam Hassan Mustaba and according to the many traditions, say the Fatima Salamullahi Alaiha and other traditions is Fatima bint al Asad Salamullahi Alaiha. So Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa So in relevance to that, is it important that we bring awareness to the issue, bring you know, bring it up in big crowds, bring it up in big uh, big public, and spread around the message that we should unite and move. A step forward towards the building of Jannatul Baqi. Now coming towards Sayyidah Sakina, Bibi Sakina, Salamullahi Alaiha, Allahumma Salli Ala Muhammadin wa Ali Muhammad. She was only a very young child. She was the youngest daughter of, of Imam Hussein alayhi salatu wasalam. And she was, you know, a very happy child, full of love. And you know how children are very loving and you know they provide comfort. And we would see. That Imam Hussein Islam, we hear this often, we hear this a lot that a house where Imam Hussein Islam, he says that a house without Bibi Sakina Salamullah would not be worth living in. 
she always you know had a smile on her face she was always very friendly and Bibi Sakina alayha, was such a person, such a ch even though she was, you know, two, three, four years old, she was a child where, you know, the other children, they would want her company. And she was a child not only that did the children want Bibi Sakina to be with them, but rather where the adults also wanted Bibi Sakina alayha, to be with them. And, you know, Bibi Sakina alayha, she had a lot of love towards Hazrat Abbas والسلام, She would sleep on the chest of Imam Hussain And you know, when Sayyidah Sakina alayha, she would make a request uh, for, uh, at Hazrat Abbas, you know, requesting Hazrat Abbas, her uncle, to get her something or do something. Hazrat Abbas والسلام, he wouldn't rest until that request from Bibi Sakina alayha, was fu fulfilled. So there's a you know relationship that we hear between Hazrat Abbas Islam and Bibi Sakina alayha. And when we look at this relationship between Imam Hussein والسلام, and Bibi Sakina alayha, we see uh, the relationship between uh, a child and a father and how she used to for comfort she would sleep on uh, the chest of Imam Hussein والسلام. And similarly Imam Hussein والسلام, he, uh, he saw, you know, as joy, as comfort. Bibi Sakina was his joy. It was like, you know, the, the light of his eyes. And, you know, he couldn't bear to see Bibi Sakina, alayha, you know, in any torture, in, in any position where she would be crying. And But we see that Bibi Sakina, alayha, on the night before Imam Hussain, he left to fight in the Battle of Karbala. Bibi Sakina alayha, Imam started getting used to having Bibi Sakina sleeping on the chest of Bibi Zainab alayha. Because Imam Hussain alayhislam, he knew that after he left, nobody would be there to care for Bibi Sakina alayha because she was so used to sleeping on the chest of Imam Hussain alayhislam. So that's when Sayyidah, uh, Imam Hussain alayhislam, before he left, he had Bibi Sakina start to sleep with Bibi Zainab alayha. Because he knew that he wouldn't, he would be leaving tomorrow. So, but we, when we look in the narrations, we see that Bibi Sakina alayha. When Bibi Sakina alayha, she asked Hazrat Abbas alayhi salam. She asked Hazrat Abbas to get him water. But Hazrat Abbas salam, he took the water bag and he went to the and get the water. On the way back, Imam Hussein alayhi salam, he saw Hazrat Abbas who was martyred on the battlefield. He came back with the alam of Hazrat Abbas alayhi salam, which was filled with blood. And after that, Bibi Sakina salamullahi alayha. She knew that she was going to face a lot of suffering. When we go to the, the prison of Sham, we see Bibi Sakina whenever she used to see the birds flying home at night. She would ask Bibi Zainab Salamullahi Alayha, Oh aunt, when will I be able to go home to Medina? Like these birds are going home, when will I get to see my home? After a few days, Bibi Sakina alayha, she saw a dream where Imam Hussain alayhislam, had came to get her. And Bibi Sakina in the middle of night, 
She woke up and started shouting, Baba, Baba, oh my father, oh my father, where are you? And after Bibi Sakina, a few moments later, she started to be silent. And when Imam Sajjad came, he saw that Bibi Sakina had passed away. Let us pray five times on Mayuji for the people who are sick, in distress, in need of our prayers. Let us recite five times on Mayuji. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Amman yujibu al-muqtara iza da'ahu wa yakshifu su'u 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 أَمَّا يُجِيبُ الْمُخْتَرَّ إِذَا دَعَاهُ وَيَكْشِفُ السُّوءُ اللهم اشفِ كل مغيظ بحق محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين سلوات